as we were discussing before we recorded, um, I'm having such a great time playing Halo and at the same time remembering my youth of when I was 13, 14 years old and throwing my controller across the room. I haven't done it's it because I'm, I'm an adult now. It's but funny I remember. Oh, you must have done <laughs> it. Um, I don't no, believe I, you. I, I remembered why I have wanted Have you felt the it. controller start... Have you had your, oh, your hand I, raised as you're about I, to break I, I do, down? I, 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 I do catch this, yourself. I pick yeah, I pick it up and I just go... <laughs> Oh. Isn't it amazing though? Because you turn like I downloaded Halo Infinite multiplayer last week, and Same. you're immediate as soon as that music starts, oh. you're immediately transported back to like 2004, 2005 to your like teenage early twenties. Yeah, it kicks in and you do this. The nostalgia. Oh yeah, the blood yeah. rushes. Yeah, and then you jump into your first online game. And, and you get York. absolutely bossed by a load of like fifteen <laughs> year olds, and you're yeah. like, "Oh, I remember why I stopped playing first person shooters oh. now." Just like me- just mega nerds who stay home all day and play and as, Halo, just beating up on you. you it's guys. the guys. It's the guys that are still playing Halo Three that are now join oh, in. There's and like, unofficial oh, servers, <laughs> and they've been going. But as we were saying, there's cross-platform play now, so you've got people playing on Xbox controllers like me playing yeah, against me. people on. Uh, keyboard and mouse, which it just seems makes like me a want to get the game, so just so I can keyboard and mouse you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, I think, were you, were you in our game? No, I don't think you were, Simon. We had a when we did the, um, uh, I don't know, actually, you weren't. We did a custom eight four v four because we had nice, eight yeah. players, and we all just turned around very quickly and went, "We need to stop doing this because we've literally got enough for a big team battle." And just going we're to, doing is I joined you after that for the big team battle. Yeah. Oh, did you? Oh, we, we were sitting there going, we're, we're, I'm falling out with people yeah. over this. <laughs> we need to be on the same team now. <laughs> we do. We need to stop Say killing each to other. And, yeah. yeah. And in hearing my friend Steve go, melted, melted. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh. <sighs> apparently, oh. dying to me is like dying twice, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> someone, if I kill someone, they're like, I've died twice. Ultimate disrespect. <laughs> Yeah, I've died in real life. <laughs> died the game, died in real life. And in real life. And Hamish did it to me. Yeah, that's it. That's it. See, this is what we get up to when we don't have any competitive play to go and mess around yeah. with. Isn't it? Like, I, don't, I haven't been playing this game. I've just been playing Dark Souls constantly. Have you? The last have you? Oh, that's which one? Interesting. Which I've one? played all three of them within the course of the what? last two weeks. Yeah. What, you my completed ex. them? I didn't. Co- I completed two, uh, and I did oh, like. Right. A, I, I. I. That's just the game I go back to. Did you just speed I've run it or something? <laughs> I don't speed run it, but I play it like try and do something weird. Uh, like I did uh, one of okay. the first game where you don't level up. That was pretty sweet. Oh, like uh, that was pretty pretty fun. <laughs> that's just hard. make it as hard as possible. Oh yeah, because you why? play it like I played it like <laughs> I played it through so many times. You kind of have to just be like, how do I make this? interesting but ah, the game's so good yeah is it like playing azalea yeah it's the video game in a tournament <laughs> and the new one's coming out in february next year which is oh like elden yes ring. elden ring it's amazing mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i'm preparing for that uh, i i'm in this position when elden ring comes out i'm kind of like oh it's coming out at the same time as everfest yeah i know uh, so I don't. I hope there's no competitive tournaments coming up because I'm gonna have a really hard time um, getting ready for it because Everfest is gonna take pretty much most of my 
Well, I'm I'm hoping it will be a thing where I could like take off like a long weekend and spend like Thursday, mm. Friday playing Elden Ring and then do it do a release tournament on Saturday and Sunday. That would be pretty sweet. But then yeah. I might just not go to the <laughs> serious. This is the Flesh and Blood podcast. We're like, well, actually, I might just play video games instead. <laughs> so, um, you can tell you can tell this is a very good game when you've got three dedicated Flesh and Blood guys going. All oh, but yeah, this is really great. good. Yeah. It's, Legend, it's Store, Legend Store and Studios seem to know when all of my family's major birthdays are because Everfest <laughs> releases on my daughter's sixth birthday. Um, When's that, Simon? Is I mean, my, my son's early birthday's February. also. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, early February. Well, my, my the, the rescheduled date for the calling is uh, around my son's birthday. So you know, which is also around my birthday. But looking oh, at um, looking at the recent covid variant uh it doesn't look like there's going to be much international Mate, that's travel south equator that's, uh, that's just had, they've just had 13 people three, turn up in the netherlands yeah uh, three cases in with, the uk um, as well with the <laughs> new <laughs> variant yeah oh i know it'll come over here in lickety split but oh, it's already here what it's already yeah, here three there's three cases, cases been confirmed in the uk already um <laughs> Yeah. So good luck with the international flesh and blood scene um, in 2022. Didn't they just hey. didn't they shut they shut down all flights from Africa to here? But it doesn't. It's so silly. It doesn't, it doesn't matter work. because they'll just go. We all right, go we'll go down, France before we go down this road of negativity. Uh, hey, Mish, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, we're gonna kick. Oh, we're going in. straight in. Okay. No, I mean this is about normal time. Right, yeah, well, no, brought, that's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. So I've got an imported. Um, I can't. I'm singer. Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. straight nice from one. South Africa. So uh, we uh, got the uh, new, we've got a new variant of. No, I'm only joking. It's uh, Thailand. Say, I'm pretty sure that's not from South Africa. No, it's not. You South never know, Africa. though. Maybe that's no. where they bottle it. Yeah, that's it in in, in Thailand. Yeah. <laughs> Thailand sends it all the way to South Africa, so we can give everyone in co-op the new variants. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got a singer. What have you? Or Simon, what are you on? Uh, this evening, I've gone back to the old faithful because it's all I could find in the garage and I couldn't be bothered to go out in the snow today. So I've got some Brewdog Punk IPA. Oh, ah. classic. So the Brewdog only ever shows up when you can't be bothered. Yeah. Although I will go back a little bit because in episode one, you said that you home brewed your own beer. And every time I keep thinking, oh, someone's gone back into the garage, is it going to be this home brew beer? And it's. I Never had one of those last brew. night, actually. Um, yeah. I have brought a homebrew on here before. Yeah, yeah the first episode one. No. Um, but yeah, so I had a homebrew last What's night, it? and then yeah. I realized, basically, because it's homebrewed and I bottled it myself, it seems to get stronger the longer I leave it. And now this <laughs> brew in particular is about a year old, and it's absolutely mind-blowing, literally. It's great. It's, it right. tastes nice, uh, but one... One seven fifty mil bottle later, and you're well on your way. Yeah, you said we said that next. Like, like I remember that time we said uh, you're going to hand us over these beers, and we've met up, we've met up about two three times now. Still haven't That's seen this point. beer. Yeah, no, you well, you just need to remind me next time, don't you? All right, we will, and then we'll all have one live. If we I think get it a could kill me, live. I legit think it could kill me. Yeah. It's not I'm that strong. I'm a slight boy. It's uh, <laughs> like these strong ones. They really knock me out. You are uh, you are a very. Are we still man. talking about beers? Yeah, um, Dan, what are you drinking? <laughs> All right, so I've I've got my pre-podcast beer. Uh, I'm going to put to one side. You're still finishing that off? Yeah, well, that that's I've got two. 
I got my ah. pre-pod. So, because uh, you might have noticed, we complain about not getting to the beer section quick enough because we want to start drinking a beer. So I've decided I'm just going to buy two beers. That's cheating, one dude. While we do the pre-bit. Uh... So my pre-one is a four pure citrus IPA. Uh, All right. But my podcast beer is a Camden Hell no Camden Town Brewery uh, ice cream beer. Oh, right. ice cream so lager. Apparently, is that from the same ice... guys who did Hell's Lager? I believe yeah. so. It's Camden Brewery. That's why I almost called it Camden House. Uh, apparently, it's ice cream flavored, so I'm going to give that a go. Open so, it. banana last. Just went everywhere. <laughs> oh, did you see that? <laughs> yeah, did I you did. see that go all over the. Uh... Literally came out like ice cream. I know. Ooh. So, you went banana. You went banana last episode, ice cream this episode. Uh, that does yeah, not look like the face good. of a man that enjoys his beer. No, no. That, this one's actually good. The last one was, 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 was not great. The, uh, really no, banana y. This one's okay, actually. It doesn't really taste much like ice cream, it, which is better, I think. Ah, yeah. Mm. He opened it up and it's just... I tried, um, I tried a peach Melba, peach Melba Pale Ale the other day, and it was a bit, probably a bit like your banana one, Dan, where like the yeah. peachy, it was too artificial peach. Like, That's the issue, isn't it? A couple of sips want, in and you're like, no, I'm done. I just want real banana in my beer. I don't want this fake shit. <laughs> well, just, just pour a, doesn't taste pour like pie and pour a banana, banana in it. Stick a ban- Pour a banana. Pour, pour a banana, banana and stick, stick a beer, a beer in, it. in it. And you'll be done. <laughs> banana done, smoothie yeah. plus beer. Done. Yeah. Right. Oh, before sweet. before we get into Simon's what we're going to do today, I, I have a question for you two guys, which is All very right. important because we're on like episode 16 now or something. Wow. We need a wow. name for wow. the people who Owen listen wow. to push the point, right? Like our our fans, we need a name to refer to. Oh, them not by. this. Yeah, I remember, I remember hearing this on stuff, and I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know. So I was uh, like, we could call it. We could call them the pushers. That, call that the sounds pointers. bad. That's, um, that's also bad. PTPers, the chumps, <laughs> the chumps. <laughs> well, like, I was there. If you're if you're a fan of Push the Point, what do you want to be called? Like you could you could comment on this on this very YouTube video if you listen to it on YouTube and tell us what you want to be called. Scrubs, the scrubs. The, you're a, if you're a scrub, if you listen to us, <laughs> I like pushers. The pushers. <laughs> the pushers. That, that sounds like sounds yeah. sounds pretty. Um, you know, it sounds like a roadman sort of thing. <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! I, I, I've only just discovered what a roadman was when my son told me about roadmen through a education lesson through his school, where I was like, "Oh, roadmen! Yeah, they're annoying." They, you know, always, always putting up, uh, you know, roadworks whenever in my way, and I'm like, oh, nah, hmm, wrong, wrong sort of road, man. <laughs> I did actually sit there and think, I wonder what they do when they're not doing their roadworks, <laughs> going out pushing. I, I have no idea what you're talking this. about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come up with a name for us. I like Scrubs, but if you got something better. Give us a wow. comment. Anyway, Simon, what the hell are we talking about? Because I don't know, mate. What are we talking flesh about? And bl- I don't know. Nothing right, flesh and blood. We've just had no Halo idea. and beer so far. Halo, so, beer, and drugs. Let's go. Drugs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. I think, no, um, as we've alluded to, we've we've all had a bit of a mini break from flesh and blood, and we can we're going to talk a bit about the state of Blitz. And it's placed Ugh. in the competitive scene. I know Trip has got some <laughs> tales from uh, from skirmishes that he's been to. I I only have my first skirmish next week, so we're going to talk a bit about the state of Blitz. 
Um, we might briefly touch on some Everfest hype because mm. uh, it's not long and that it's been revealed. Um, some speculations. And then we've got we've got a fantastic interview with a major competition winner that Hamish is. Uh, Hamish has sorted out for today's episode, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I think we just want to have a quick talk about the lack of uh, professional level events in Europe so far and the trouble that we're having uh, versus yeah. the rest of the world. Yeah, yeah sounds good. Woe sounds is good. us kind of talk. Woe yeah. What do you want to well, start with? Start with uh, what I really want to start with is a giveaway. Oh, ah, classic. Oh, yeah. And before we even do that, before we do anything... Like, subscribe, Patreon, all that jazz. (laughs) Someone's told us that we do this little spiel bit at the end and it's no good, so we should really do it at the start. (laughs) I noticed you did it in the olden video. Yeah, "Ah." that's easy. It's probably working. You can tell it's going up well. We're not particularly good at the promotion, but yeah, the subscribers is going off the chat. Anyway, Simon, talk about the the giveaway. Oh, giveaway time. We talked about giving away some hats last time, didn't we? We did. And we have uh, a group of people on our Patreon who are, I'm going to name them by name because we do it on our videos as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thank you to our Patreons currently, Ryan Cooper, Ryan Baker, Noah Rolf, Paul Hallett, James Armstrong, and some scrub named Dan Tripp. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that one. sorry. Um, the Finders Library, should I say? Yeah, Finders um, Library. Support, thank you, support all of fellow you. podcast You're awesome. well, supports push the point. Yeah. Uh, so I am awesome. Thank you. <laughs> you you are awesome. Um, so we're gonna you do our hat. we're gonna do oh, our round. I could win giveaway. a second hat. That would be really convenient because I can't win a second. So hat. I'd save on postage. <laughs> give him another hat. Uh, so we are going to give away a hat to one of our patreons. And I am going to tell you who that is. Because he's finding out, he's setting it all up now. By the way, guys, I think we have made a mutual decision that these, uh, are they 10, Simon? We've There's got 10, 10 of them, yeah. And three so of them are owned hats, by us. Yeah. And yeah. two so of them we are not making, we're not making any more black uh, peak ones anymore. So these 10 are the only 10 that are going to be in circulation. So, because uh, we like to join in on the... Uh, uh, market manipulation thing that everyone. <laughs> <laughs> These are yeah, artificial, artificial scarcity. Cold foil hats. Well, we, we there will be more hats in the future. They just be, they won't be the same. So these these ten black caps are going to be unique, and we won't yeah. print anything else like that again. Uh, we no. might print it different colors. We might print different designs. Yeah, but exactly. this is this is going to be the first one. So if you want to get one of these ones, uh, I'd definitely recommend. Like, go for the Patreon one. You've got a better chance of yeah. getting it through that. I think um, if we do any more giveaways, I think this is the last time, which is probably news to the Perry. I think this will be the last time we do it on YouTube and the rest of the giveaways are going to be through Patreon. So It's just the right want... faff to do it through YouTube, like with the comments and everything. It's just so much easier. Um, but it's just the way it yeah. is. There you go. And, cool. So right, our winner of the Patreon hat is Ryan Baker. Hey. Uh, so well done please Someone. get in touch uh, and we'll we'll message you on um, Patreon when this has gone out to cool. the public and well, we've then, got uh, our YouTube comments as uh, well yeah. which we're going to do and yeah it's the last one so so if you yeah. commented on our last Nationals du Fromage uh, episode you were <laughs> you were in with a 
What a random title for that. Oh, it wasn't even related um, to anything on the podcast. Just something Hamish uh, wrote on Facebook the previous day. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we'll just use that. <laughs> yeah, come on, that's, that's, that's good. You remember the Dexter's Lab episode. So uh, we had, uh, how many did we have? Seven people comment on our last. Ooh, uh, good job. Ooh. Good odds. Good odds. Seven people good commented. Odds. And I have randomized. We have a winner, which is uh, YouTube user Jack of All. So, so Jack of all, uh, get in touch again and we will get a hat out to you. So, so far, we only have one hat left, I think, because we gave away two hats on our last episode. Uh, We have a hat each and now we've... Uh, oh no, we have three no, hats three left. left. So we've just, yeah, yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure I thought, that's... I was double counting. Wrong, so we have okay. three hats oh, left. Good. We have three hats left. Okay, cool. Well, Which will be, probably, uh, like Hamish says, we'll probably give those hats away to our Patreon supporters. So if you really, really want to get a hat, uh, strongly recommend joining the Patreon. Our cheapest one is just £3 a month. so And that helps to support the podcast. And the hats were quite expensive, so it's a pretty good deal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 limited so, edition. Come on down. Anyway, so... All right, so, Blitz. Oh. Yeah, right. that's it. How can we have this? How can we have this conversation? And Hamish will be interested in it. So, <laughs> so, anyway, okay, so well, I'm going to start I, I because uh, yeah, I'm going to start. About, talk about Blitz and talk about what what is your dissatisfaction with Blitz? So, okay, Simon, I, I, go. Yeah, I haven't been to any Blitz skirmishes since nationals, but I, I do play in the on, odd online event, and I sort of came out of the the classic constructed season feeling. A bit, a bit like Blitz wasn't really worth my time because mm. in the previous Blitz meta, it got to a point where everything got so aggressive. Whoever went second, won the dice roll, chose to go second, come straight out of the gate and usually win. Like 90% of the time, it felt like whoever went second won the game. Mm. Um, so I, I sort of try. I thought to myself, if I'm going to play some online Blitz events, how am I going to make it fun? So I put back together a Shiana deck and I've been... Losing, but enjoying losing for once. Playing mm. Shiana because of the reactions of people sat in front of you, going like, "Oh, I don't, I don't think I've ever played a shot. Like, what do I need to side? Like, what equipment do I need to use? Am I going to use It's amazing because Arcane I reckon Barry? you're also in the same boat of going, oh, "I don't know what I'm doing either." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have no clue. Um, but then again, if I think back to what my Shiana deck actually is, it's it's basically the pre cursor to the lightning briar cheerios deck oh great because Just what else can the generics yeah what what else can you use as shiana right so i've got um i've got things like spark of genius and Teclocore. i've got an alpha rampage uh i've got some lessons in lava and a few other specialist <laughs> specialist cards and then i've just got like scar for a scar life for a life uh snatch like all the generic zero cost go agains are in there, and it is basically what Lightning Briar has evolved into. But I had right. it in Shiana like nine months ago, and it's it's fun, but it's horrible. It doesn't win. No, I to be honest, just in that moment, it did make me just sort of think, yeah, oh, what would I actually, you know, just in the deck building process yeah. of it, my brain just has this little giggle of going, oh, what specialization cards would I put in? And then I remember it's Blitz, and I go, oh, yeah, I don't care. I want to go back and uh, play Halo. <laughs> it's true, though, because you, you can look at all the specialization cards, and you could go with Cripple and Crush, or you can go with uh, Arknight oh, Ascendancy. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, but they, these are expensive cards, and I'm not running any blues, so um, it's mm. it's weird. Like depending on who you play, because if you play a Briar, you get to make embodiments. If you play a Viserai, you get to make Rune Chants because all your mm. all your cards turn into Rune Blade cards, and therefore you make a Rune Chant every time you play. Blah blah. She blah, doesn't blah. have so, anything. She's just a blank slate. It's just a blank slate. So it's really strange. It's a, it's it's very interesting because it makes people think about what they're going to do, but then you tend to lose anyway because you've got very little armor and very little to do. So mm. I want to just uh, defend Blitz a little bit, uh, but there's there's one major thing that's happened in Blitz which has improved the format, and I should say I've been to two skirmishes, both of them uh, Blitz, and one of them, they were both really well-run skirmishes, by the way, but one of them was mm. more enjoyable competitively and the main reason for that is Oldham. Uh, so mm. Oldham has completely shake, shooken up the Blitz matter as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and it's really good. And the, the deck is not as refined as it could be. And it's done an amazing job at slowing down the meta. So like Simon was saying, when we finished the last Blitz murder, it was incredibly quick. Whoever went second, just bam, 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 killed the opponent really quickly. But Oldham... Um, has really put a bit of a check on some of that. So the power of this Olden deck is really strong. And the more people play it, they're, they're, from my experience, there's never been an issue of going to time. Obviously, the games run longer. They run, you know, 25 minutes rather than 15 minutes in Blitz. Still a half an hour game. There's plenty of time left at the end. And the way these Olden decks are changing the matter of Blitz and making it less about bam, bam, bam. Because if you do that against Oldham, you lose. Because Oldham just blocks. Oldham cycles the deck and then it hits you with Oak and Old at the end and kills you. Uh, so if you go into it with that attitude, you're going to lose. And we saw this at the Rule Zero uh, skirmish in London, which was that there was tons of Oldham uh, all over the place and they were doing really well. We had an Oldham in the top eight piloted by uh, Steelfer, another content creator, uh, went out in the top eight. But he plays that deck so well and has re and a lot of people are picking it up. Uh, I don't think Blitz is the best competitive format by any means, but it was really suffering from what Simon was saying about aggro. And we saw it a bit when we started CC with our nationals. We see the aggro came in. And what did we see? We see Oldham come in. We've just done a deck tech on Oldham, showing how you can beat these aggro decks. And the same thing is happening in Blitz. And I do think it's good because there's a Blitz as a format. Like, it's probably the first format you're going to play when you come into flesh and blood for the first it's time. a good it's a good yeah. gateway to the game it is i agree with that like i'm not going to argue about blitz's position in in what this and what it brings to the community and it's how a it's a gateway yeah, exactly for i i've always been i've always been someone that says that if you're going to start this game up Join in in a blitz match uh, or an event, or use that as a gateway to get get you more into the game. Um, I, I suppose really when I'm doing my errs and my grumbles and <laughs> stuff like that, it's because I'm you know I'm, I suppose if you listen to me, just ignore that bit because I I I think as He's a, a grumpy player, old man is what he's saying. Oh yeah, I, I'm I, I have zero interest in it because I've 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 dipped my toe into the uh, the CC side of the game, which is I feel is the main part of the whole game, and yeah, you're correct. I can't, I can't step away from that. It's like you know when you really get into something, and then they go, okay, well that's all done now. Do you want to go back to this 
you know, very loose, you know, um, very broken one-sided meta, which I know you've defended your olden bit, but I am going to retort and say, I don't think anyone has played (laughs) Dustblade Chain. Uh, Did anyone bring that to rule zero? Because that is busted beyond belief. All I was thinking while that trip, while you were talking about Oldham taking the game long is, oh, that's more counters on a Dustblade. Yeah, that's all I thought. (laughs) (laughs) I sat there and thought, okay. Uh, I'll but just that's why it was hit you for twenty twelve. That's why it was banned in is, CC, right? But this is what we're looking for in the Blitz meta is variety. I don't care if oh, there's a deck know. that kills uh, Oldham, like there should be. But no, Oldham is chain a great beats check. everything. Oldham is a great check to Ira, and Ira can do crazy annoying things, and Dory is around. All I can say is from my experience of the skirmish events oh, I've no, been no, to, yeah, that's fair. is that the meta in Blitz is the most diverse that I've ever seen it. Like Simon, me and you were playing around and we were going to tournaments and it was just Ira and Dory, Ira and Dory, and then the Kano it was, in there. Yeah, absolutely. Every single tournament. It was and it was just we we were both getting burnt out on that, you know, doing the same thing every single time. And still we were farming the Ira still farming right? the XP. Absolutely, but yeah. I just think that these days I go to a Blitz tournament and I'm seeing Lexi's uh, you know, I saw John Ho playing a, a snapshot Lexi and Blitz getting into the top eight. I see Finbar playing this Oldham deck against the top eight. I see Darren uh, taking Kasai and winning the whole event. And it's like, uh, sure, there's I, I did not come against this chain deck. It's probably really good. But let's bring it to the tournament then. Let's see. <laughs> you know, you know, like, well, it, no, I brought not, it to Not in my meta. Some, someone bring it in my meta. Not in my meta. Like, not in my oh, meta. I, not in my meta, mate. I can, <laughs> only, sorry, I can meta. only judge the, the meta that I'm taking part in. And if someone no, goes and says, oh, well, this deck is broken. It's like, well, okay, come come play yeah. it. In no, absolutely. No, that's, <laughs> we're only digging in. The only time I saw that deck being played was by Darren previously. And I think he went one and five or something. He's going to hate me because he probably went two and three but uh <laughs> maybe he wasn't playing it right <laughs> well it's uh, so you're saying to me why do i despise blitz again i've made that point i don't despise blitz yeah. i find blitz boring as hell for me as a player i know it's place i'm just not in that pie you know what i mean it's... do you know what though I, I, as much as there's been a bit of negativity about our, about our chat I have been looking at skirmishes and thinking, oh, I wish I could go to another. I wish I could go to that skirmish, and I wish I could be there. But it's it's not just the gameplay, and I, I agree to a certain extent with Hamish. There is there is still an element of dice roll. Um, oh, there is dynamics, but at the same time, I go to events to see people and to have a good yeah. time, and and that doesn't change. The, the atmosphere at the event is still awesome because we have a great community. Um, I just, it, yeah, I agree. It's like we've had this taste of of nationals and of of high level CC play, and now we've had to take a step back, and it's a bit jarring. I completely I, agree. I, I, I went to a skirmish. I went to Kingdom Gaming's one, and yeah. I loved it. I had a really good time. I had a great time seeing uh, yourself trip. I yeah, had a good time hanging sick. out with other people. I did terribly. This got nothing to do with why I hate Blitz. But <laughs> It's, but I, 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 um, I enjoyed the company. I was with everyone, and then I just could not take the format seriously. I just couldn't care if I win or lost. Mm. Um, and it's fine. I've got you two know, questions for you, Trip. Yeah, go uh, on. What map did you flex at uh, your skirmishes? 
Well, I always play the exude confidence mat because nice. I always exude confidence whenever I play. And also that <laughs> mat is fire. And also, um, I also wore my push the point hat and I did get told, did it tell, said by someone that it was like, <laughs> it was tough going up against me because I was wearing the podcast hat. And it's like, it's like that added, God, this guy knows what he's doing because he's got a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was my next question. So you've, uh, you've yeah. answered two in one. Did you, did you intimidate with your push the point hat? Apparently so. Um, I got knocked out, uh, in the top eight against, uh, a long-time player of the game, Seb, uh, who was also playing Ira. I beat him in the Swiss, and then he beat me in the top eight. So it's all good. So what you're saying is your intimidation yeah. tactics don't work on the good players. That's 100% correct, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Right, we've so, talked enough about Blitz. Let's uh, let's talk about something else. No, I'm actually just... You, you came up with a good question, Simon, actually. Do you do you rock that uh, Nationals play mat? Um, or, I actually prefer, so I do, the, the, the top eight nationals playmat is nice and I have been using it for a bit, but I think I prefer my tunic playmat. Mm. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I use my, uh, top eight playmat because, um, I think it's probably the only playmat <laughs> that, I've, <laughs> that I've actually won because <laughs> everything apart, yeah. oh, apart from the, uh, the pre-release one, which I hate. Oh yeah. Oh yes. I, I don't, I don't like that tree one. But um, you I, I have to get your favorite. Just, sat just looking at me, and I, I really like this mat. Oh, oh this is the. Uh, this uh, is the illuminate, illuminate from. One. Illuminate. It's a lovely mat. Kit, I'm really happy right? with that. That's a sick mat. Where'd you get that from? That's the Rudy kit that I happened to come across once. Oh, look, and he's put it in that little massive uh, <laughs> play mat sleeve that we ripped on ages ago. Oh, yeah, I'm still yeah. waiting for you to drill it into the wall. Uh, no, I was going to. We're, we're much more sophisticated than drilling into the wall. We're very middle class, and we like command strips because yeah. uh, you are middle they, class. Yeah, exactly. I think you just. We've had this conversation on the Discord about the value of mats, and I think it's so dependent on the context in which you won the mat or which you got the mat. Like my exude confidence mats were from two road to nationals. So I was really, really happy with my performance, and it. Mm. Wasn't, I love the art. I like the. Uh, I like. The, I really like the card as well. Like I think it's. A, the actual card in the game and i think once you get something that you really like you just stick with it um oh yeah. well okay i, I will say this last Simon is doing an, we... the most amazing podcast uh thing where he's just showing us mats and we're not commenting i'm on not this. talking about it <laughs> no, just... that's fair. So, so trip you've given us uh, you basically answered my question i did want to throw to you guys before we move over to the interview and uh i would also like to throw this comment out to everyone in on youtube give us a comment um what is the most favorite flesh and blood mat that you own um Ooh, and give us your reasons question. why and or if you don't own it what even if you don't own it which one would you love to own if you could oh, choose okay. to own one? so i'm lucky that i've got the i've got my favorite play mat that i wanted to own and i own it your viscerai um, one viscerai oh yeah the yeah, arc yeah. ascendancy mat i feel that i don't know maybe someone in the uk tell me that i'm wrong but i think i think the only guy in the UK that's rocking it out at the minute, because I have not. I think, seen I think you might anymore. be right. There are just so few arcane rising playmats in the UK. Mm. There is so. a there is another. I have seen it in the wild, but oh, I've seen okay. it. Okay, I, like I thought it was once. a long shot. I think I saw it Brighton. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Well, that's my favorite. <laughs> so, throwing oh. it away. <laughs> no, that's fine. To be honest, I, the, the odd, you know, it's not. I'm not going to be the only one. But that's that's the Arknight Ascendancy. Playmat was my fate is my favorite mat that I've got 
I mm. didn't win it. Obviously, I brought it because it came out quite later on. Just got it for a bargain, mate. 40 quid. Yeah, Got it great. shipped over from New Zealand. And All that time ago. That's a year ago now. Yeah, that was back then when it, I, I thought, yeah, 40 quid's still quite expensive for a play, mate. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, oh, but I thought just so much Chet Faye was listening. Because I don't think um, I'm t- oh, yeah, Just tell her how much quid. it's worth now. Like, I think oh, yeah. it's probably 100 quid. Or, like, so, yeah. Uh, Simon, what is your favourite play, Matt? Uh, so, I think I've got it? two. I'm I can't. I'm just trying to decide in my head what what I'm. You can't choose two. You no, you've got to pick one. one. What's your so favorite the short, child? The short list is <laughs> you my. Have to choose one. No, 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 no. I don't want a short list. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I've got to talk it through. I've got to talk it through. So the short list is the tunic and the illuminate one. I think the tunic wins because I won it, and it's, it's an, an amazing map. Okay, right. so tunic is your um, favorite map. The one that I don't have, or the two that I don't have, that I would absolutely love. Um, the, there's a torrent of tempo mat that I know someone right here has uh, Dan Tripp um, is amazing but if I could choose any mat that I have seen the mask of momentum mat is incredible wow yeah. that's mega rare yeah that's it is really, I think that's that like, yeah, super the, rare the single figures there is one mat I don't own and I really want and someone here also owns that mat it's Mr. Dan Tripp. And I, <laughs> I'm getting a reputation here. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you've got a rep of owning all the mats we want. Yeah. Uh, I I fell in love with the Blasphemet oh. mat. The Eclipse oh. mat. No, Blasphemet. No, Blasphemet. Oh, oh, God. Oh, no. God, Bla- I Because Dan also that. has an Eclipse mat now as well. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, I played a lot I of actually, games, guys. I actually, play a lot I of take that back. Blasphemet is really cool. I seriously love that Eclipse mat to death because it's got such an homage to the berserk series yeah. that i really like and i'm a massive massive berserk fan um you can even see you guys can probably see in the picture yeah. behind me here yeah you've got the eclipse it's such a unique moment in that series and clearly that's been inspired in some form into yeah. this game because you know eclipses were never a thing in the whole history of space before <laughs> berserk came out <laughs> right but come on no, dan, I, dan I, trip I, come I on that. So yeah, I own the Eclipse mat, the Torrent of Tempo mat, and the Blasphemet mat. Uh, but the the thing is, if you want mats, go to armories everywhere, and you will right. get lots of mats. That is my one bit of advice. My so my first bit of advice: don't have kids. And my second right. bit of advice: every weekend, go to the middle of nowhere armories and try and win some. I think the one I like the most is my Exude Confidence mat. It's the one I use for every tournament these days. Torrent of Tempo is very much a second place but the torrent tempo one is worth slightly too much money to use i every saw you use tournament. it at the blitz in, in yeah kingdom i Gaming. use it for kingdom whenever i play ira and the venue doesn't serve beer i bring it up <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but the exude is my my main one a mat that i would want that i don't have uh i would i would love to uh get an e-strike map at oh some yeah point. I would prefer to win it in some kind. I'd like LSS. You'll never win that, Matt. (laughs) But it would have to be like, I imagine it will be a world's thing. So I don't think. It was a judge's map. It's was it, it was yeah, it was a was judges it? map back. I think. Well, okay, so don't I completely quote me, but I <laughs> believe sure. it was a judges or some sort of yeah. like early thing. And it was a staff yeah, member map early on. I think. St- and oh, I know yeah, a couple of them it. have been given out to content creators who had uh, <laughs> early on expressed an interest. So you can hold out hope, Trip. Well, I mean, oh, I would yeah. love that. The thing is, I, I I would love to own an e-strike map 
uh but you have to think about value and stuff and it's like you don't want to that's why i love my exude map because i have two of them so if one gets absolutely trashed i have a backup one that i can use i hear that Um, you don't i'm not hearing eclipse a lot so trip let's let's talk talk business well apparently i need to try this dust blade chain out so when i get that sorted i can bring the eclipse just a just a quick um (laughs) just a quick shout out oh go on no just um some canadian content creators uh, that have just started up a podcast called uh, Spark of Genius. Um, oh, yeah. Good. Oh, it's really yeah, good. So Eric, them. They're really good. Eric and Rob. Really and uh, in part, this Playmat discussion um, came up just because they've done a, a bit of a collection recap. So Eric basically walked through his collection on, on video and the Playmats at the end made me realise... I, I've got too many Playmats. I have a problem. and uh, You do have a lot. But... It's, they're just they're just so iconic. Some of the art is just incredible, and I think LSS have done a great job making them uh, hard to get, and it yeah. just means so much more when you do get them. Anyway, winning a okay. winning a yeah. playmat is always a satisfying for you. Yeah. So yeah, what I we agree. need to what we need to do now is move on because we have <laughs> better than playmat talk. We have an incredible interview with. Uh, I'm going to let Tarek Hamish introduce Patel. it. Yeah. We've got Tarek Patel, the uh, Nationals winner of uh, the US of A. So uh, here he is. Hey, Tarek. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for jumping on to uh, push the point for a little chat. So um, I guess really one of the, the first point questions I wanted to get into is, you know, what made you start playing Flesh and Blood? Because uh, you have a history of um, playing, is it? Ma- it's Magic: The Gathering, isn't it? The other, other, Magic, or was there yeah. any other TCG games you jumped into, or was it just mainly Magic? Uh, it was mainly Magic. I played the Yu-Gi-Oh card game uh, for years when I was younger. Let's yeah. say like 2004 to 2010 ish. So a good like five, yeah. six years on that one. Goat format, uh, all the way up to I think the last format I played was like Tour Guide. So I played that for a good amount of time. Had a mm-hmm. decent amount of success in it as well, but uh, then Magic from like 2014, 13 to about, like, I guess currently I still play it, but the competitive scene's kind of been on a hiatus, I'd say. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> that that unfortunate announcement that they yeah. they were gonna they basically put a spanner in the works for all physical pro play official, or is there still some you know um, community based stuff going yeah. on? Yeah, there's there's like the unofficial GPs. We just had one in Vegas recently, but uh, for me that mm-hmm. doesn't really scratch the itch. The kind of like like five Ks or whatever. It's it's they're they're okay, um, but for me I don't know if it really is the same thing. I hear whisperings that they're gonna go back to the older system. Well, I'm hoping maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, once the pandemic kind of dies down a little bit, but. Um, I mean, we'll see. Uh, as of now, you know, I'm I'm very much on a hiatus on that game. I'll play from time to time, just to kind of try out the new cards, the new sets, but nothing like I used to play. Sure. So, what brought, so again, back to the original oh, yeah. question: What brought you into Flesh and Blood, man? How did you hear about it? What got you in? Right. So the first time I heard about it was actually when they did their big, uh, you know, million dollar announcement. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, <kind laughs> that'll of do it. <laughs> saying they're going to be supporting. Uh, competitive play and have a pro scene and all that um because for me i'm a very like carrot on a stick type of guy i really enjoy chasing the carrot even if i know i'll probably never reach it (laughs) just that doing something for the purpose of a goal has always kind of been fun for me no matter what it is 
Uh, yeah. Most recently, my most recent addiction is Halo. So you know, I just got Onyx. I'm I'm constantly grinding Halo to kind of hit what, Infinite? Onyx now. Yeah, Halo Infinite. Yeah, yeah, I'm the so, same as well. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, yeah, you got to get that. If you're doing the battle pass, you got to gr- make that grind, get that ultimate. Yeah, yeah I'm so the same. We, <laughs> yeah, so we just hit Onyx there. So when uh, LS has kind of announced that this is what they're doing, I'm like, okay, cool. This is something I stick my teeth into. I've, had, I've played a couple TCGs before. I know kind of the gist of it. So uh, I just jumped in headfirst. Um, I reached out to a couple of my Magic friends who I knew were playing the game. We're big in mm. Toronto. Uh, David Rude, who's like one of the top Toronto scene guys, he kind of runs uh, Flesh and Blood down there, and he invited me to his Discord, to his group, and taught me the basics. I went from there, learned the game, went to a pre-release as my first event ever. Excuse me, and um, yeah, the rest was history. Did the pre-release, and the next week was that iconic draft that you know really yeah. taught me that free cards were still good in this game and so. <laughs> um so is there was was there any transferable skills that you had from playing a lot of magic um in the past that was useful in this game because i know that there it's still card games but there's mm-hmm. there are some big differences in terms of resource management you know card drawing and all that sort of stuff is there anything that came from magic that you thought actually you know what it's pretty good that I know all this stuff, and it's pretty handy in this game. Uh, I'd actually say this game is one of the more unique games I've ever played, and there's not many transferable aspects from Magic to this game, right? Mm. So one one of the big things for Magic is everything that you do previously usually affects the rest of the game onwards. So, but in this game, there is no real permanent type effect like there are Mm. auras that stick around for an additional turn and so forth but a lot of the concepts like card advantage don't really exist right a lot of Mm. the aspects like board advantage don't really exist um the only thing that kind of is transferable is you know evaluating cards based on mana value and tempo but tempo is just so poorly understood even in magic a game that's been around for 25 plus years right that you know, my definition of tempo may be completely different from, you know, the listener's definition of tempo. So this game was very fun because everybody had their own kind of like theories about how to approach it. And it's still happening to this day, right? As I get more into the community and I start talking to the more advanced people, um, we see the same objective cards completely differently. Hmm. Uh, no, I agree. I agree. I like I like that. And if um, I know that you did a bit of a deep dive about tempo in the Arsenal Pass episode that you're in, so mm-hmm. I recommend anyone if you really want to get more into what do, what does tempo mean. And I and I saw some of you you were quizzing some of the guys as well, <laughs> which was quite fun to to listen to. So go check that out if you want to know more about uh, Tarek's thoughts on that. Um, so another thing, how do you so how do you set out? to build a deck and what draws you to you know some particular heroes there is a there's a uh, a link on question from that from one of the uh new zealand guys aaron curtis that threw this over so we'll start off how do you start off with building a deck really i suppose this is still relatively new to you with tales of aria just being out right um so even in magic i'm gonna kind of pull back a little bit to answer this question but yeah i think one of the most important things somebody can have is just a large knowledge uh to kind of draw on a knowledge like an experience well to draw on 
Um, so even in Magic, if I saw a new deck that I'd never played before, I would mm. simply play it. Uh, even if I didn't think it was particularly good, I would jam you know at least 20 or so games just to kind of understand what it would do and even if nothing comes from it but like a single idea or a single play pattern you've at least learned something that then you can hopefully apply to a future so for me it starts with just simply playing every deck and kind of understanding the very basics of how every deck functions and then from there you kind of have an idea of how the metagame works right if you yeah. imagine a, a normal distribution of every deck and every it's equally represented you kind of have an idea of how the tournament will kind of play out and what decks will rise and which decks will fall so the first thing i always try and do is you know imagine a normally distributed tournament and if that were the case what decks would go to the top and that usually ends up what what ends up being the metagame right people kind of gravitate towards the decks that win more and so forth and then yeah. within that there's usually only a handful of decks that kind of produce the winners of the metagame or the emerging metagame and then you go from there and you have to kind of pick your spot as to like, do I want to be like right now, uh, for example, like there's Briar, there's Old Him, in my opinion, there's like Viserai and, and the other decks in between. So it's yeah. kind of like, do you want to be an aggro deck like Chain and Briar? Or do you want to be a control deck like Bravo and, and Old Him? Or do you want to be more of a combo element deck like, like Viserai? And, you know, once that winner's metagame emerges, then you kind of um, pick your spot into, you know, which deck I want to be. In terms of building a deck, like if you're trying to come up with a novel deck uh, itself, sorry, maybe I'm getting away from the question. Uh, it's, no, no, hard, good. <laughs> it's hard to say. So if, if you want to make a, a completely new deck, having that baseline knowledge repertoire is so crucial because when a new card comes out, it's you could possibly miss it if you don't know a certain card interacts with a certain deck this way. Mm. Um, so some of it is is maybe just a lot of work that you have to put in beforehand and then getting lucky and remembering like this card probably goes well with this deck taking the time to test it and so forth yeah i mean so the follow-on thing i've got from aaron curtis is one of the uh he's a very very good player from new zealand and he asks um is there any sort of emotional connection that you've had with flesh and blood like you know is there a, a hero that you sort of looked at because some people address these things sort of differently so uh, i know that i came in and I really, really like Viserai. He was the first hero that I saw. And I'm like, right, I want to connect. I really want to get his collection. I, I just love all, all the stuff about this this hero. Is there anything that you've managed to hook onto with Flesh and Blood that is like, you know what, I'm I'm more invested into this than, <laughs> than, I, might, than I may have thought I was. You know, I really, really like this little bit, you know, <laughs> you know in an emotional connection way. Um... No, I don't think so. And I'm going to say it's probably because I spent years and years and years trying to rid myself of those biases. So um, yeah. to answer that question a long-winded way, when I started first playing Magic, I really enjoyed decks that would have more play to them, right? Like your blue, your counterspell decks, your this, your that. And what I often found was I would I would pick decks with objectively lower win percentages due to personal biases because I, I felt like I had more control over the game, but yeah. that really was just kind of a fallacy, right? I would have all this control of the game just to end up at a spot that could be worse than a mono red aggro deck or a barbells right. deck or something. Like even if I played the blue deck to perfection, I could only have like a 65% win record no matter what. Whereas if I just played the red deck, I'd have like a 70% win record. So sure. uh, over years and years and years of playing trading card games, I think, like I've really worked to eliminate those biases. So when I'm picking a deck or, or looking at a game, I kind of look at it 
in terms of first principles rather than face value and art and stuff. And I know it's kind of a boring way to kind of look at it in a very scientific way to kind of break it down. I can nah, suck a lot of the everyone's the got their aspect. ways, man. Yeah, so I kind of tend to break it down into you know fundamentals. Like for example, I value Go again as an extra card. So I, yeah. I have this whole thing, and I'm gonna I'm I'm in the works of writing an article right now where I explain kind of my thoughts on what the first principles of the game are. But for me, the go again aspect is functionally a card advantage. Um, because if you're left with a card in hand at the end of turn and you draw back up to four, you're functionally down a card. So go again to me is, is almost an extra card, right? An extra yeah. break point, like four power is like a third of an advantage because, you know, they block, but you deal a one damage over. So like I have all these like nitty gritty like card evaluations for everything. Um, so for me, when I break down heroes, the first thing I gravitated towards were the go again champions, aka Chain and Briar. Right. Um, so, <laughs> um, but if I were to say which kind of art and theme kind of drew me in, like if I was to go purely from that point of view, um, or even I'd say, mechanics, like or a play style, you know, right? Yeah. Uh, play style, not so much. I'll play whatever I think will give me the best shot of winning. Sure. But I will say, Dorinthia, I thought was like the coolest art slash you know i thought it was like all the cards look very like cool and sparkly and the yeah. art really drew me in because one of the first games i played was against like i bought like a blood stick or whatever and somebody played their full-on dorinthia deck and just smashed oh, me well. so it was like yeah. <laughs> that's nice um <laughs> yeah so but i was really taken back by like the art and everything i thought it looked really cool and i thought you know the mechanics were really cool so i'd say okay. dorinthia but I'll, ask, uh, I'll ask one more and then I'll do uh, sorry, I'll ask two more I've got sure, one yeah. more regarding UK Nats and then uh, I'll do give you one final question so UK Nationals do you think the UK Nats did make an impact on the USA Nats? oh 100% so when the first deck when the deck first uh, previewed at was it Cincinnati the Pro Quest mm. mm-hmm. um, that was the first time kind of anybody kind of wrapped their minds around what the deck was how to play against it um and then from then until uk nationals the discourse at the time was is this deck real you know you could easily just fatigue it with bravo it has this problem it has that problem but uk nationals kind of put the question out of everybody's mind that said kind of this is the deck and all all the credit in the world that goes to matt folks you know he put in a lot of work himself to to Mm. uh get 15 and 0 I know there was all that controversy around it. Uh, I'm not going to comment on that. I'm, no, we don't know. It, yeah, it it's, it's it been is, and gone. But, um, but yeah. you know, I, I did make a point about you You can't just win with CC. So he put in all that work with that Briar yeah, deck. He went, he went 6 and 0 in draft. You know, that's, that's something else. But yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so when he kind of 15 and 0'd, um, it kind of removed all doubt from people's minds that like, yes, this is a real deck. And that's why I think many people felt comfortable jumping into us nationals with it because, uh, you know, I know, uh, my friend of mine, uh, Craig Kremples, old magic player, um, talking to him about his experience with the deck was interesting because he'd first seen the deck, uh, through Higashi's list that, that topped the pro quest at, uh, Cincinnati. And I think at the time, I don't remember what deck he was on, maybe Chain or something like that. But um, they immediately started testing the deck versus all the decks that they were testing in their group. And it was just beating them, like, hands down. And they're like, okay, we're going to make the switch. And then when when Matt 15-0'd, 
it like solidified it in their mind and they they kind of made like one or two changes here and there but for them it was like very pivotal where he was kind of mentioning if they pick up the deck maybe only after uk nationals it might not have been a possibility right because uk nationals held happened the weekend before u.s nationals yeah. with u.s nationals happening on friday and the deck list not even being released until tuesday wednesday i forget what day it was it only really gave you a day or two to one know the list perfectly and then mm. two, not really test it because you'd have to reverse engineer from streams and this and that. Um, so I think it had a huge impact on U.S. Nationals, both Higashi topping and then Matt Folks kind of solidifying that this deck was really, really good. Awesome. It was um, it was a wild, wild uh, moment when because um, when when Higashi came and got that top four. I mean, I, I do remember us looking at it going. What is this? It's like this hyper aggro. I'm sure you know. It was one of those things where it's like, um, it's this US, the US doing the US. You know, it's another Dorinthia axe <laughs> win. What is this stuff? And then, um, my friend, uh, it's really weird. Like you said, this the community is really small, um, even though it's worldwide. A friend of mine came over to me and said, "Oh, there's a guy who's playing this Briar deck in our armory, and he just slammed absolutely everyone. And he was one of uh, Matt Folks's, you know, pals that was doing it mm. with him. And I think he must have thought, well, you know, you guys don't have enough time. I'm going to bring this to an armory. Bad move, because the second I found out about it, I was like, well, what is this stuff? And then I took it to the UK group. I took it to the New Zealanders, and we we're all like." What <laughs> what is this deck doing? So I spent five days with my Viscerai deck just getting suplexed through a table, going, What is this thing? And luckily I did actually manage to, you know, it's not about me, it's about you, but I I managed to get <laughs> slapped in the face so many times. It when it came to UK Nationals, one of my uh, good friends, uh, Sharif, uh also who got into the top four uh with the deck um because he just saw this and went i don't even know what i'm gonna play anymore i'm just gonna take this deck and run mm -hmm. and he did really well with it and i played him in the swiss and i was like oh thank goodness you know I, all these reps because i'm telling you now if no one knew about this this would have been free like it right. was free for it felt free for matt anyway and i would i imagine it would have been even more free for yourself mm -hmm. you know if just no one even knew about it but yeah you know, that was it, it, taking a taking a lot of slaps from that deck, and it all started from one silly guy taking it to an armory, mm -hmm. and <laughs> and it just goes everywhere. I'll give you, I'll I'll give you a one last one, and then I'll leave you in peace. <laughs> so, what is your next goal, for Flesh and Blood? And I can probably imagine it's going to be winning as many of the pro events as you can. <laughs> yeah it's, uh, <laughs> so whatever lss gets around to announcing uh what comes next in 2022 i'll start you know i'll have a better answer for you but next is obviously worlds or uh the or, pro tour um yeah. so i'll be focusing on that with everquest coming out i'm hoping it shapes up the metagame quite a bit i do mm -hmm. think at this point uh the metagame is fairly established like even though there has been the events to kind of show what the progression is i have a feeling that I have a pretty good idea of what the events will kind of show and what they should be doing. Mm. Um, so until EverQuest comes out, um, I don't really have a goal to kind of work towards. So I'm kind of be keep my eyes open. I'm excited for spoiler season. I'm excited to see what LSS puts out. And yeah, my next goals will definitely be Pro Tour focused. 
yeah, you've, you're lucky. You've got loads of Pro Tours coming up, hopefully near the start of the year. The rest of the world has to wait until sometime after July. Yeah. So it would be quite, it's going to be kind of interesting to see how Worlds pans out with ELOs when, you know, North America, like, you know, you know yourself and everyone over in North, in, in North America are just reams with all these professional level events. And you've got a load of guys in the, in Europe that are going to, you know, their, their ELO, ELO is based on five or six games, yeah, you know, <laughs> whereas you guys are going to have five or six tournaments, Yeah, to, which is it's, it's going to be interesting how Worlds pans out. But mm. anyway, thank you so much for your time, Tarek. Yeah, is there sure. anything you want to sign off before you go? Thanks or any shout outs? Uh, not sponsor wise. I just want to shout out the community. I think it's been great awesome. overall. I've had a ton of fun ever since I played this game. I really hope it grows and, and turns into what I think we all know it can be. Um, if you want to follow me and hear my thoughts, I'm on Twitter. Uh, my name 10. So Tarek Patel 10 uh, is where I'm at on Twitter. Uh, go ahead and give me a follow. I like to tweet random things here and there, not just about flesh and blood, but life, magic, etc. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, you know, I hope everybody's happy and healthy out there and is staying safe during the pandemic. And I hope the end is near and we can all get back to real life, flesh and blood and events. Oh, you had me worried when you said, I hope the end is near. I was like, oh man. <laughs> I have a morbid yeah. sense of humor, but that's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Tarek. Thanks so much. Yep. Thank you for having me. What an amazing interview, uh, Hamish. Thank you. And what Thank a great you. segue to our last segment, um, coming from one of the top pro players to talking about how Europe has been hard done by so far with a lack of professional <laughs> level events. Oh, um, oh, no. So let's, now, let's give right. some context for this, Simon. Yeah, what, what's okay. The so, background for this? so obviously, when the game started in New Zealand, they've had, uh, they've had the calling multiple times in Australia and New Zealand. They had a, a bit of a breakthrough in america early on and held two calling events in the states and then covid hit right so we've had two years now of covid precautions covid travel restrictions and they've just started up they've had four calling events in the united states uh, throughout september october and then national season started november so or end of october november time so europe has had nationals, one set of nationals, and we were due to have a calling, our first European calling uh, next weekend, the 5th and 6th, uh, 4th, 5th and 6th of December. However, the Netherlands has now gone into lockdown or partial lockdown again due to COVID. And it looks like, although they've booked a date in mid-January to have it at the conference, same uh, event center it looks like that may now be in jeopardy because of uh further covid issues so mm. there there are good reasons for why we haven't had professional level events in europe but it does feel like with the announcement that worlds is going to take place in november or, or quarter four 2022 which is only a year away now it does feel like european players who want to aspire to that level of the pro tour and of worlds are going to be one or two, if not more, steps behind our colleagues in the US and in the Asia-Pacific region because they've already got multiple level, multiple events under their belts. They've got ELO ratings that actually make sense because they've played more than five or six games and that th they've had this exposure, which we really haven't had. 
like what it's do you experience, think experience isn't it and like we were just saying in our previous conversation about blitz the vast majority of the people in the uk are getting blitz experience from tournaments you know they they had rtns and nationals learning how to play cnc like we had this conversation in the podcast before the road to national season i had never played classic constructed more than three games uh and if we don't have these competitive level events in classic constructed which as hamish was saying is the premier format of the game i completely mm-hmm. agree i think we all i think most of this audience would agree that is the format of flesh and blood that you need to be really good in and we're not getting that competitive experience. ELO is obviously an important part of this and access to PTIs, obviously to actually get there. There's no point in getting there and not having any experience of how to play classic constructive flesh and blood at a hyper competitive level. Mm. So we know what they want to do. This is this awkward position really of trying to get them fleshed out really and 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 in motion i suppose really the covid thing is just always going to be a forever big problem and it's yeah. also another it's also another weird situation that europe kind of faces because um as a continent with many 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 countries all sort of linked together it's it's easy but it's not do you know what i mean we when you look when you go through the national season there's quite a lot of um you know you for nationals quite a lot of it was a European broadcast thing, you know, you had America do its one and then you had Canada do its one. And then you just that weekend, you're like, Oh, you've got Portugal, France, Italy, you know, there's so much stuff going on here. So it Mm. is really tricky travel wise to get a calling and get all of these people in these countries to come and jump in into one spot in a world of COVID. It's, it's just, it's just particularly awkward in our I think area. that's the disclaimer, though, isn't it, in a world of COVID? Because bef- <clears throat> without COVID on the picture, I think... It would have been fine. I, it would have been... F- and there would be a lot of people who would be willing to travel for a weekend to another country within the EU to yeah. have a good time. But I do yeah. think there's an opportunity that's been missed, which is following the same model that we've seen in the USA, which is tying a nationals event to a calling. Mm. So, for example... Mm if we had had a calling attached to the UK nationals, I have very little doubt that we would have seen (laughs) European individuals coming over to the UK to take part in the calling. And then they are able to get access to a calling level competitive event. And we're not not just saying this from the UK. It could have been any of the major nationals, Mm. which I believe was the UK, uh, Germany, Poland, France, got a double but, day but they had but day. they had those events on two weekends and if you if you don't separate out so the uk yeah. was on its own but then france germany spain portugal austria yeah, they all a, had them the same weekend right so that's a planning issue yeah exactly and um, we're seeing it in the u.s where they did well, it's very different though isn't it u.s has got channel fireball which is this huge team behind it that's established in other mm. you know for magic the gathering and i'm not sure if they do any others but you know they've just it's a different different league yeah different landscape i think so i, th- I think we could say like we want to see call we want to see what what effectively we want to see is more callings in europe uh, yes. and yeah we've seen and um, the, the 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 situation that we're in as individuals in the uk and individuals in europe is you're looking across 
the ocean and you're seeing four callings that have already taken place and you're like mm. where is our calling why did we not get one at the same time as those four for example why did we wait until december for that to happen and like obviously mm. in hindsight if it wasn't for covid we probably would be having this conversation because i'd be going to utrecht in five days time and having a great time well, you may have also been to the states if it weren't for covid right I 100% would have considered getting permission to go to the US to take part in the calling. Yeah. <laughs> well, I 100% would have got... I would have 100% been getting permission. Yeah. I would have sought permission and I would have had it denied. I would 100% um, be seeking permission. But you're, no, I'm you're, not sure. The, the, call, the, the call of a calling in Las Vegas, for example, is huge, right? That that oh, yeah. The audience for that is international. It's worldwide. It's not just the USA and Canada. Well, I um, remember without... when it was announced, we were all chatting in the Discord. Yeah. About, oh, yeah, we're going to go. It's going to be amazing. Someone yeah. was like, guys, COVID. COVID. <laughs> we're like, yeah, oh, yeah. That's a, that is a Because at the time, we would have had to isolate for two weeks getting there and isolate. <laughs> yeah, was, it, it, the second that was... It. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, mm, maybe. You're like, what, are you, are you mint and don't care about work? I'm sure you'd be fine. I'll just take six weeks off. I'm yeah. not Matt Rogers, so what can I say? Look, um, we don't want this conversation <laughs> to come across as negative to LSS because no. we we basically just want a little bit of a vent here. Like as effectively we we are so interested in the competitive side of this game and it 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 We're hungry, man. We're hungry for more and we just want to make that clear that like I was just, gonna, there is I was just gonna add to that. It. Because we are coming from uh we've we've already explained our bias. We we came top eleven at the UK nationals we've all had experience now of this sort of level of event and and we are that player that wants to do well at a calling or a pro quest or whatever the next event's going to be that being said not all of our listeners are going to be interested in in high level play but I think the calling is that level of event that bridges the two so there are people that go just I think there are people that are higher no, I think no, no. It's actually going to be. You, oh, sorry. That's not what I meant. So that it is a higher level of of event, but it encourages people who maybe have got skirmish and pro quest level experience to go and test the waters of the next level up. Mm, okay, yeah, I agree. Because Calling because is of a, the it's, event, it's it's a festival of exactly, flesh and yeah. blood. It's it's an opportunity, even if you're uh, don't consider yourself to be a competitive player. There's going to be things like artist stands. There's going exactly. to be people yeah. there, like yeah. personalities. There's going to be side events. Uh, the side events for the calling Utrecht were huge. Yeah. Like you can do all this like shapeshifter stuff, which sounds like the last thing I want to do. But I understand that people really like the alternative format mm. stuff. And you can go and you could make a weekend out of it without playing in the actual main event at all. Or even playing in the main event scrubbing out after a few rounds and then going to find out what else is going on so like, yeah which you couldn't sounds, really do it now. there's a lot more really that attracts people like, i never really thought of it that way because uh again i'm just a high well, that's level our player. own biases isn't it yeah no but i think that's awesome you know it's i think the best way you described it is a festival yeah we, you know and maybe yeah we would love to see more calling events over in europe just to you know like for example me and simon we can't get ourselves over to utrecht you know, just family life commitments and everything else. It just makes everything difficult. But that's like the only one. And it's really FOMO kicks in yeah, so hard exactly. to go, oh my God, there's just, it's, this is the, it makes you feel like this is the only one. But if there was like, oh no, 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 
it's like you know three yeah. or four on the way you're like okay cool you know i can skip this i'm gonna pl- i'm gonna prepare for the next one i want that i want to be exactly I be ready for the next one and my impression of the audience of flesh and blood which i'm sure lss have got stats on this that are much better than what i know but it feels like a game sure? played by <laughs> older individuals with family commitments much more so than other trading card games that i've seen people play like the audience is older just like you guys you have commitments i've got believe it or not i have commitments too even though i don't really? have a kid uh, your, your commitment your commitment is deciding which brunch you're gonna attend to that i normally was, go I, I did both which <laughs> bottomless brunch yeah. <laughs> yeah which bottomless brunch am i going to but my point time? my point how is much prosecco I can i manage in the next 12 hours that lss could angle things a little bit better like simon you're always saying like skirmish season or various rtn season taking place in the summer holidays it's it's kind of a bit of it's a really killer, tricky. Right? Like, it's really yeah. tricky yeah it's brutal and however and, and again, lss have shown that they want to be different they've just announced this whole uh recyclable packaging for cards uh, they're clearly trying to do things in a different more interesting way thinking about their audience in that way would be really positive and giving people variety options of dates in terms of calling events would obviously i imagine be very useful for you guys james white and, you're a dad come on think about a stat <laughs> well to All give right. no, to give to give their lss credit and their op team credit they have um they have listened to myself and and other people within the community when we've spoken about issues with scheduling events because obviously new zealand runs on a different calendar they have their summer holidays in the in our winter so they don't the dates don't tie up. So they were coming from a very Southern Hemisphere perspective and they didn't necessarily realise that the COVID-condensed event calendar would clash with other things going on. So they have listened to that and they and maybe we'll see next year that they've taken some of that on board. Um, the overarching feeling is all the way along so far, I think LSS have been willing to listen and they've shown that they have taken things yeah. on board in, in all aspects, in the comprehensive rules, in event scheduling, in the way um sets are released and I, and i think we can only hope that they continue to do that as you've mentioned the audience tends to be maybe a little bit older more experienced um more affluent maybe and uh and and are able to develop opinions and and strategies that will help the game grow and develop with us so hopefully that continues hmm. yeah we're in this for the long term well, i i feel like we three are anyway we just want to see the game be as successful as it can and i do agree with simon they've already done a lot uh and i I think it's a really positive sign sick i think we are almost at the end of our episode i think we are done boys yeah what a a cracker i that was a good one (laughs) it was good (laughs) we always say this at the end after we stop recording and it was pretty good but that was a nice one yeah i think this was good i hope you enjoyed our random matt segment remember yeah we enjoyed matt segments so uh, yeah let us know (laughs) what your favorite matt is and what matt you'd love to own uh i probably own it so get in touch (laughs) oh big shout oh look at simon owns a lot of matt maybe we need to do a bit of a matt off between me and simon we probably own the one you want <laughs> unless it's <laughs> yeah, strike or yeah uh, really really old ones so oh well, nice one guys remember to, remember to like subscribe uh and on join youtube the Patreon. We're on, yeah we're on we're on spotify google play apple ice tune store whatever uh, whatever podcast you probably listen to we may be on it most likely yeah and check out our most recent deck tech uh the olden deck tech the greek national champion it's uh, a really good video 
Uh, and if you're interested in playing Oldham and CC, I recommend that you check it out. Learn from and, the best. And remember to get onto the patrons. We've got three hats left. We're going to be doing giveaways for the patrons. So uh, if you want a limited edition black push the point cap and you're really into that sort of stuff, jump in. Or if you just want to help and support us, that'll be awesome too. Simon, I'm waiting for Simon to say. Bye. Simon's doing his thing at the end of the episode where he doesn't he say anything nothing. and then he just says bye very loudly. Yeah, so he's been Simon. Doing that a lot lately. Take bye! Bye! bye. <laughs> <laughs>